podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are doing our final regular episode of the Rock Talk podcast for this season. Um, it's actually a shorter episode than we normally have. Uh, I have Mike Plank, editor-in-chief over at Rock Chalk Talk, joining us to kind of wrap up football news, talk about the coverage that we're doing over on Rock Chalk Talk for football. Um, I, I mentioned... In previous episodes, we are actually taking a break from the podcast uh, for the month of July, so we will not have any new episodes coming out on this feed at all in July. We do, however, have a spectacular season finale coming up for you. Um, next week is going to be a three-part episode, similar to what we did last last year, so uh, definitely be looking for that. But I will be back after we have a chat here with Mike about the football team and kind of what to look forward to, uh, just to kind of wrap things up here, but... Uh, for now, let's get you on over to Mike. And I'm joined now by Mike Plank, the editor-in-chief over at Rock Chalk Talk. Mike, how you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm doing good, Andy. How have you been? Long time no see, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. You know, it's one of those things. I kept meaning to have you on, and then other people would pop up. And, you know, there was one There was one point where I had an unexpected guest I'd been trying to get on for like a month. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, I, I always intended, and, and, and what we're doing here tonight is kind of wrapping up football season, um, you know, kind of looking at what kind of coverage is coming up over on Rock Talk Talk, which is talking a lot about football. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of news, I think, to come kind of trickling in throughout the summer. And so, um, but, but really, Mike, I just wanted to have you on. First of all, we are doing it. It is a little late than normal, uh, but we are doing the, you know, countdown to the beginning of football. So real quick with all the changes, with everything that's going on, do you, do you have an idea for the types of topics you want to cover or, or other things that like any, anything new or, or anything special for this particular summer? I, you know, honestly, it'll probably be a lot of the same type of stuff. And, um, you know, it's almost, <laughs> it's a kind of a thing where it's almost more for me than it is for anybody else just to educate myself about, uh, you know, next year's team and, you know, what kind of what I think maybe can happen and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a side benefit that, you know, other people get to read it. You know, I think, well, maybe it's not that much of a benefit. I don't know. Uh, but you know going over the rosters and and going over the coaching staff and uh you know i always like to do some kind of a fun type of weekly series like i think last year we did like uh i think it was called ku football by the numbers and well i I didn't actually do that but one of of the other writers did a thing where he looked at you know some of the retired numbers and some of the you know guys in the ring of honor and that type of stuff and um you know a couple years ago we did I, i did a whole coaching search thing which um, <laughs> hopefully we don't have to do it for a while. I, I know we just kind of went through a, a crazy last minute coaching search there, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it'll be more of the same thing. You know, it'll, it'll be position breakdowns. It'll be schedule breakdowns. It'll be recruiting breakdowns. It'll be, what do I think about X topic? What do I think about Y topic? Just that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, more, more of the same. If you followed rock talk talk for the past couple of years, it'll be more of the same. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll come up with a couple surprise articles or two, but, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely ready to kind of throw my hat back in the ring there as well. Cause 
most of my articles recently have been about podcast stuff that, that most people here are listening <laughs> to anyway. But, you know, it's also kind of one of those things with all the with all the weird news that was coming through and all the, you know, kind of I don't know. It's it was it was ex- extremely strange trying to cover a coaching search and an AD search and all of the you know weirdness that came out about the firing of the last two guys um, in the time period that we did, because, you know, there was still basketball going on. There was still all this other stuff that we were kind of trying to wrap up. And, and I'm going to be honest that, that that end of that basketball season was extremely exhausting. I was not ready to jump immediately into coaching search news at that point, but um, right. you know, I definitely think it's better that we don't have to talk about, you know, cause it, I do remember the, the summer before David Beatty got the ax, um, you know, and Shane Zinger got the axe as well. Like it was, we, we were sitting there. I think, I think we had like seven or eight articles talking about how those guys need to go. And it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what other kind of things we can cover now that our, our attention is not focused on guys that need to go or, or, or those sorts of things or, you know, weirdness that's happening around the program. It seems like we're, we're kind of back to normal things that you would expect. And yeah, I think there will be some, some, some topics to cover in terms of, uh, you know, like, what do we expect from Leipold? What what other kind of stories can we dig out of there? Um, you know, and I'm I'm hoping to be able to contribute there in some ways with with some of the the people that I'm going to be trying to talk to here in the next couple months or so. But um, but yeah, so I mean, any anything in particular? Is, is there a position group that you're excited to take a look at that you wanted to dig into, or or anything specific that people should definitely be keeping an eye out for whenever you finally get around to it? Yeah. Um... Well, there he is, and I'll circle back around to that question here in just a second. But yeah, if I can just kind of touch on what you were just talking about, yeah, uh, for sure. What was it back in back in 2018? I think we had several, uh, yeah, uh, Shane Zinger articles and David Beatty articles, and like we had, I, I mean, there were local beat writers that we were <laughs> writing about that I'm sure never read it, but that I mean, that's like well, one of the local writers talked about, um, you know, how silly it was to to fire Shane Zinger and he only got fired because of football. Well, I, I wrote an article that said, that's not true. He got fired because of this, 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 and this and football. Um, you know, to so be honest though, like when his, enti- like well, when his entire, like the main reason he was brought in was to fix football and you failed as spectacularly as you did. And, you know, kind of owned yourself by signing Beta that extension, oh, right. like yeah, football was a plenty good reason for him to get fired. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and I definitely made that point that yeah, that yeah, football by itself was plenty enough reason to fire him, and you shouldn't you know fault the administration for doing that. But here, I, I think I had, I don't know four or five other reasons the things that he screwed up, um, you know the Rock Chuck Park and a couple other things um, that uh, that that would also more than justify that such a thing. And we also had some fun with it too. Like uh, I think we had an article comparing him to like some of the worst leaders and you know, world history and stuff one. like that. That so, was great. So, yeah, we had, we had some goofy stuff, but, uh, but, you know, we, you know, we're, we're not reporters either, you know, we're, we're, we're fans and, and, uh, we have a platform and, and we're using it. So, um, but, uh, as for the, uh, as for the kind of the more serious stuff, uh, uh, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to kind of digging into that offensive line a little bit. We've got the three new transfers, uh, two of them from Buffalo, and then uh, Grunard from Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know that we're getting three starters out of it, but we're getting at least one and possibly two. Um, and then I kind of like to see what this new staff can do with uh, with the the super seniors, I guess they're calling them, that we have on the offensive line. And the problem is that these are guys that haven't been good for, you know, 
four years already. Um, but, uh, you know, the new staff gives me a little bit of hope. So I'm interested to dig into the offensive line a little bit. Um, I think the, uh, I think honestly, all the defensive positions will be interesting to take a look at considering the losses that KU had via the transfer portal, um, losing a couple of defensive linemen, losing a couple of linebackers, losing their top three corners, probably, um, just learning some new names is going to be key. I think for KU fans, uh, for the secondary. But, uh, but yeah, there's definitely some position groups that are up in the air, and, and uh, it'll be interesting, I think, for me anyway, to take a look at, at who's performing and, and uh, who's coming back and, and what we can maybe expect from some of those groups. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of jump over because I, I want to get your, your thoughts on kind of everything that's happened since the end of the football season, obviously, with, with Les Miles being, you know, fired because of what happened at a different school. Um, Jeff Long botching that situation so spectacularly that he ended up getting canned as well, um, you know, and then and then Goff coming up. But like, let's let's actually start there because I, I don't think I've actually gotten your thoughts yet. I haven't had you on, I don't believe, since since all of that happened. <laughs> so so in general, what were your thoughts about the Les Miles situation, and then of course Jeff Long getting fired right after that? Um, I completely justified on both. I guess if you're looking for a simple answer. Um... I mean, uh, the, the whole Jeff Long thing, he's been a disaster since his first month or two at KU, just the way he handled social media and, uh, you know, uh, traditional media and I, yeah, some of the weird things he did. I mean, he was, he was just a weird dude. And, and uh, I, th- I think we found out pretty quickly why he didn't last at Arkansas. Uh, I, I think he did a lot of the same things here that he did there in terms of, alienating some of the big money donors, the BMDs. Um, and I don't know which ones, obviously, but obviously ones that had enough clout to get him fired. Um, but uh, I, I, and I think that the way he handled hiring Les Miles in and of itself was a fireable offense. Um, obviously, KU did uh, no due diligence uh, in terms of, you know, interviews or anything like that of uh, former staff or LSU employees or anything like that um, from his time at LSU. And uh, so I think that in and of itself was a fireable offense. And, and obviously you had to let Miles go. I mean, you, I know, I know that stuff oh, allegedly anyway, wasn't happening in Kansas and it was from, you know, how many years ago, but uh, I, you can't, especially in today's day, uh, 20 years ago, maybe they could have gotten away with it. They, it still wouldn't have been a good, the right thing to do, but especially in today's day and age, you just, you can't have that in your administration. You just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Cause I'm, I'm always torn in, in talking about less miles because you know, he was the kind of shot in the arm that the program needed. He did exactly what he was brought in to do in terms of the, the way that he did recruiting, the way that he was building the foundation for the program moving forward. But to be completely honest, like, if anybody had done their due diligence like they should have, there's no reason he ever would, should have been hired. And so it's, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that looking back, you know, hindsight 2020, he absolutely should not have been hired as Kansas football coach. But the fact that he is, you know, when he was here, he did exactly what we asked him to do. He was doing exactly what he was supposed to do. And he did a pretty good job of it. It was just a matter of, honestly, yeah, it was just a matter of, unfortunately, that, you know, someone didn't dig deep enough. And, and honestly, 
deep enough. You know, it's like it's like going to go to go dig something up and you give up after you take the first you know inch of topsoil off. Like that's how that's how much digging Jeff Long did because from everything I've heard, there were plenty of people that were willing to talk about what was happening with Les Miles, yeah, and and yep. everything else that was going on at LSU. Nobody went asking, and so you know it's one of those things where, like, looking back on it now. Les Miles never should have been Kansas coach because of this. Um, but once it, once it came to light, once we realized what happened, like, yeah, he had to be let go. And I'm honestly surprised. Like, I think the only reason that Jeff Long was able to do that press conference and we got that fantastic quote that gets used all the time, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> in what regard, <laughs> like the only yeah, reason, he was, regard, yeah. yeah, the only reason he was even allowed to do that, I think is honestly because nobody else wanted to go face the music on less miles. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things where Jeff long knew that his job was in trouble. He knew that the only possible way he had to save it was to go and make a good impression because to be honest, that was a fireball offense at that point. Nobody else wanted to go face the music for what Jeff long failed to do and so they threw him out there and he failed it so spectacularly that he didn't even from what i understand he didn't even get off of the stage before they made the decision to fire him so like it was one of those yeah it was one of those things where you know he literally was on the last string and he not only failed that test he like severed that so spectacularly that he basically did himself in at that point so um yeah, I don't. I don't know. If there's that much else to say about that entire situation, other than you know, Miles did what he was supposed to. He did a really good job for Kansas, but never should have been given the opportunity. And that's all on Jeff Long. Yeah, and and I've been telling people that exact same thing. I, I, I may have added a little bit more to it. I've been saying that you know, Les Miles was never going to win here. He, I, if he was, it was going to be in year five or six, right. and then he would go to a bowl game and then retire. Like he, he was never going to win a hundred games or 50 games or probably even 20 games at KU. Uh, his job was to come in uh, to recruit, uh, to recruit high school kids, to fix the roster, to fix the scholarship situation. And you know what? That's exactly what he did for three recruiting classes. Right. His, uh, yeah. his legacy here was always going to be, he was the former national championship coach who came in and saved the Kansas program. Yes, he didn't get to see the fruits of it, but he built the foundation. He was, the, you know, he was always going to be seen as the guy that got the ball rolling for Kansas, you know, assuming that he was successful. And and I still yeah, think, honestly, yeah. there's still the opportunity for that because if you think about it, he built the foundation with the recruiting classes. You know, they're back basically to where they need to be scholarship-wise. And the way that he built that program and the way that he, you know, identified the assistants that are sticking around and were able to be retained by Leipold kept the bulk of that roster together. And, I, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it here in just a second. But, you know, it, it, it gave them, I think, the opportunity to continue to build on the momentum that he started, even with all of the ridiculousness that happened that ended up getting him fired. So, um, you know, he still has, I think, the opportunity to be recognized as the guy that got the ball rolling that lets Kansas get back to even respectability, assuming that they're able to continue to build on this and get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so then... Obviously, next in, in the chronology would be Travis Goff getting hired, um, and then he making the decision to hire Leipold instead of Munkin. Um, you know, we've broken a lot of that down on on the podcast, but again, I haven't really gotten your thoughts on it. Do you have do you have anything that really sticks out to you from that time in terms of the hiring of Goff, the the conversations around the the two main candidates that I think honestly were really the only two main candidates that ever really had a chance? Um, like anything from the coaching search or the AD search that really jumped out to you? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably about the long and the short of it is it seemed like those were the 
the first two guys that everybody mentioned at the beginning and as the search dragged on, it came down to those two guys in the end. Um, I mean, I was probably, well, I probably, I was definitely Team Monken. Uh, that was the guy that I wanted. I felt like his uh, resume was just a little bit more solid than, than Leifold's. Uh, but Leifold's not a guy, like his resume isn't one that needs that needs to convince me of anything either. Like he still has a solid resume as well. Um, so it's not like a Turner Gill situation where the guy's coming in with, you know, one winning season out of four, and that was built on a on a fluke turnover ratio. And that, that's not the case here. Uh, they, they're both proven winners. Um, Leifold and Monken uh, were both proven winners. Uh, they've won everywhere they've gone. Um, they've built programs everywhere they've gone. Um, but I, I really don't think KU could have gone wrong with either one, which sounds crazy to say, I think, but, uh, I, I honestly believe that to be the case. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it is, is you know, Hey, you made a choice. Great. Let's hope it's the better one of the two, but I, I don't think either one of these guys, guys was going to, you know, flame out in Lawrence like we've seen over the last, well, gosh, 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I don't know that I, it, it seems to me that in terms of what you are trying to do and what it almost seems like uh, Leipold won out because of the vision of what he's been able to do here, merging the two different staffs, potentially bringing guys over with him that he thought could jump start the culture. You know, that that is one thing leg up wise that he had on Munkin because Munkin couldn't do the same thing from Army. Um, you know, Army cadets cannot transfer <laughs> the way that the way that they can from other schools. And so. Um, you know, Kansas was never going to get the jump start of a whole bunch of players coming over um, that that they were able to get from Buffalo. Now, granted, I, you know, I don't think you can take for granted that any of those guys were actually going to jump. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, it, it was kind of one of those additional carrots that they could dangle out there to kind of help sweeten the pot. There were some other things from what I heard from some people that I'm that I'm close to and some other people that I've been talking with, you know, that, that they had heard from that pushed Leipold you know, just over the edge, but it really was a one, a one B situation. And like you said, I don't think either of them would have flamed out spectacularly. You, you can, you can make an argument one way or another for who you think would probably would have done a better job. But I think the, the key takeaway is that there was two very, very strong candidates who are identified really early that both most likely would have been successful. And it was just a matter of Kansas picking which one they thought was going to be the best one. And based off of the way that Travis Goff has handled himself, I, there's nothing that he has done that makes me think that, you know, he's going to pull a Jeff Long and just go for something flashy and, you know, do do something that we are going to look back on later and say, like, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. Well, the search itself took, like, what, five or six weeks? I mean, they fired Miles in early March? Well, mid-March? to be fair. Early March. And they didn't, they didn't hire Leipold until the end of April. So no, but to be months, fair, so. it took, like, three weeks to hire Goff. And Goff was... I mean, it was very well, clear. True. Yeah, true. They made it very yeah. clear that they were going to let Goff make the hiring. Like, whoever the new AD was going to be was going to make that football well, coach hire. Yeah, so, you're right. so, I mean, it was one of the – I think it took, like, three weeks, which was probably about a week and a half too long <laughs> from, from what a lot of people were thinking. But with everything that they were trying to iron out, um, you know, there was there was rumors flying around at one point that it was Munkin, that they were ready to sign the contract, and then there was something specific in, right. in kind of what they were talking about there. So, like – it went back and forth. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Too. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of stuff going on. It makes sense why it took so long, especially if there's two really good guys that you really, you know, think you can't go wrong with. Then it's really a matter of making sure you make the best decision for you, rather than just making a decision quickly to make it to to, to get it done. So, all right. Well, yeah. um, so any other thoughts about 
Leipold um, or, or, or hiring, are we, or do you, do you have any thoughts about what Leipold has done in his time here so far? Uh, that that's the deal, though. I guess Andy is there's not there's not a ton coming out of Lawrence right now. But I know I've seen a lot of stuff that they're working on uh, the 2023 recruits and 2024 recruits, right? Uh, which is good. I mean, they need to build those relationships. Obviously, um, obviously, the more pressing concern is the 2022 class that only has three recruits in it right now. We've had I think four guys decommit after uh, maybe it was after Miles was fired not necessarily because Leifold was hired but because Miles was let go um, but uh, I mean the, the 2022 class needs a lot of work done to it um, but I think they're doing like their junior days and, and stuff like that right, right. now anyway so um, they'll, they'll get back into the 2022 class soon enough but uh, yeah, uh, I, th- but yeah I think it's yeah. also one of those things too is that like that is close enough that there's people that want to see the direction. Like it's one of those things where you, it's a lot easier to get in on guys that you already are kind of talking about potential down the road, you know, a year and a half or so. Um, yeah. You know, Kansas does have the benefit of Leipold being able to be here for an entire season, um, you know, and kind of work on those recruiting relationships. A lot of guys don't necessarily have to commit right now. Um, and so like, it's one of those things like the earliest that they can actually sign anyway is in December. So they're going to get, right. get an opportunity to see what he does to see how they develop. Um, you know, that's always been the biggest problem is that when, when Kansas has gotten big recruits in the past, they haven't really developed here because we haven't had a staff that can develop them spectacularly the way that, that a lot of them would need to, that would push them to a place like Kansas, you know, cause the reason you come to Kansas is not necessarily to get the that immediate exposure. It's to develop your fundamentals to, you know, show that you're a leader of, of a team that doesn't necessarily have a whole bunch of guys and, and all of this additional stuff. And, and Kansas hasn't really given them an opportunity to do that except for maybe potentially in the last year or two, you know, and even then it was kind of shortcut or I'm sorry, it was, it was kind of short, short circuited. So, you know, I, I think, I think there's definitely a good reason why they don't have a lot of 2022 people right now. Um, it, it's also kind of one of those things though, because we have the same general recruiters that are, that are there and making, you know, keeping those connections. I don't know. We've necessarily lost a lot of ground with a lot of those recruits. We just don't have a lot of them that are fully committed yet at this point. And I think that's completely understandable with a coaching change. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, but uh, yeah, just to kind of answer the original question that we're not hearing a lot <laughs> yeah, of right now. Um, so yeah, there's not really until spring ball starts there. Uh, you know, you pretty much have to be an insider on a recruiting service or something like that to get any information. And uh, uh, obviously I'm not going to break, you know, paywall trust or whatever on a, either, either on RCP or on a podcast, but uh, right, you know, right. I'll let your guests do that. I'll let the guests who, who do the writing do that on your podcast. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, who knows what's going on, man. I, uh, you know, they're, we know they're out recruiting and, uh, and getting ready for fall camp, I'm sure, which will start in, uh, you know, uh, what, late July, early August. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun. All right. Well, Mike, um, I think that's going to do it for us today. I think, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. When we come back, I'll be back to wrap it up. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big 10, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horned Frogs, and the Bears. 
We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. And we're back. All right. So just to kind of finally wrap everything up, I don't have a whole lot to talk about here, but I do just kind of want to give you guys a few notes um, here at the end. You know, really did appreciate all the guests that we've had. Um, you know, it's been a really weird year with all the COVID stuff, everything kind of being in flux. Um, got a lot of new people on this year, which you'll actually hear from a lot of those those people coming up here um, you know, next, next week, just to give you a little bit more details next week, we are doing what we, what we did last year where, you know, for every single KU guest that we've had on the podcast for this year, uh, that was able to make it back, uh, is coming on to talk about their favorite football story. Um, their favorite, well, it's either favorite, best, the biggest, or the most important of football stories, basketball stories. And then because we like to highlight all those quote unquote, non-revenue or Olympic sports, um, we're actually focusing an entire episode on just those stories from each of those individual people. So um, I will be coming back at the end of every single one of those episodes to talk about my favorite story, especially ones that haven't been talked about um, that I think are worth highlighting. But it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I believe right now, based off of you know all, all the recordings that I've done, that each episode is probably going to be roughly an hour. So there's going to be a lot of great content for you guys to finish off this season strong. Um, really do encourage you guys to make sure that you come back for those because there's a lot of really great memories, a lot of things that I hadn't even thought of that a lot of these people brought up. Um, so I think that you'll enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy talking with all of them. So, But that is going to do it for us here today. A little bit shorter of an episode, but I just wanted to make sure we got this, you know, this last regularly scheduled episode out for you guys. So um, if you haven't already, even though we are getting ready to go on a break in the month of July, um, you know, if you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe as soon as uh, and get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you can give us a rating, review, five stars, nice comments, would be absolutely fantastic. If for whatever reason you're not able to do that, um, just let us know what we doing. We we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you as much information as possible in, in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any questions, comments, suggestions, people who want to interview, anything like that. You can email me at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Um, now that we're on Anchor, you can leave us a voicemail uh, so we can get your voice on the show. Just go to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message and you can leave it there. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network.